Hello and welcome, everyone, to the fourth annual Best Songs of the Year podcast. Happy four years of podcasting, Jake. Happy by the four way. years to you. It could be today, for all we know. I, I, we, we don't know for the sure. First day we started. But we're right day. around four years because we started this podcast. We did our best songs and albums of 2015. Dude, Dude that, that, that's insane to me. It is insane. I gotta say, I've been ranking stuff so much lately. We did mm-hmm. our our best of the decade songs and albums list, and then just last week I made this like huge list of my favorite Simpsons episodes, That's all ranked right. with notes. This week I'm ranking best songs of 2019. Next week it'll be albums. We did movies and TV shows for the decade as well. It's been crazy. We're a all lot over of ranking. The place. I'm like in a groove with yeah, ranking stuff. Yeah, it's like a muscle. You just yeah. got to keep working it out. So yeah, well. We have a great show in store. Um, We will be counting down our top 50 songs of 2019. Both of us have our own top 50. I think in the past we've done joint lists. Yeah. But I think it's more interesting if we both do our own, actually. I agree with you um, because I think it ends up being a more eclectic blend. I think early on, honestly, what made so much sense in 2015, even 2016, is that I think we were closer aligned. Yeah. And so doing a, 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 com- a combined ranking kind of made sense because some of the rankings fell into the logical spot. Exactly. By exactly. doing that. But now I think we're a little, not that we're not, we've listened to like probably 90% the same albums, but I think have different relationships with each. And like there's some in there that like I haven't listened to. Maybe there's some you haven't listened to. It feels like it's more, I, it's I right to make our own lists. Totally agree. So a couple disclaimers before we dive in. One, like we say before, every list countdown that we do these are our personal favorites we're not saying these are the objective best or we're not saying these are the ones that we think everyone should like these are just ones that impacted us this year i think a lot of these do overlap with a general consensus however there might be some picks in here that not everyone agrees with there might be some ones that we left out we can't listen to everything. These are just ones that impacted us. This is two people. Two We're not, people. Not a publication with the resources of 50 music writers but to combine lists. But that's why you're listening. Because it's just two people. That's right. Just talking it through. We're the Dunder Mifflin of music. <laughs> exactly. Of, of music thinkers and writers. <laughs> in that we don't write. What does that say about us, Jake? Go um, out of business. Also... We limited it to two songs per artist. Yes. So this is something that we kind of hit on with our decade countdown where our songs list had only one representative per artist. This year, we decided to go with two per artist where in years past, I think we just said, fuck it. And I think there were years where we had like five or six from like one artist. So originally, I even, my approach originally was in my top 50, I even had like three and four by some artists. Um and I ended up cutting – there's a few that have two, but there are even some that had two by the end where to sneak a few more artists into being represented on the list, I removed a second. I did too. And so like there's songs like – just one example I can think of is Holy Terrain by FKA Twigs. Yeah. Didn't end up making my list. Would have. Another FKA Twigs song is on there, but I pulled that one so I could sneak another artist in here in terms of that, representation. Yeah, like for me, I had two songs from that Girl Pool album. I had mm-hmm. What Chaos is Imaginary. I ended up taking that one off in favor of another one so I could fit in another one. I was like, look, you know, was that album even that great? No, I just, I really like these two songs. Right. So, hey, it's a good album. It's it's fine. We'll get into that next week, though, Jake. That's right. When we count down our albums. So, with that in mind, with those couple caveats in mind, let's do a quick honorable mentions. Sure. That just missed the cut. I, we just mentioned a couple. Um, 
there's a few by artists like Wise Blood or even Alex G that there's two representatives on this list, but there could have been four or five, I think. Yep. So um, a couple of those ended up missing it. But with ones that didn't have a representative, Alex Cameron, the song Miami Memory, just missed it. Right. Um, really liked that one, but it didn't make it on. Tallest Man on Earth put out an album that I think on re-listen, Jay, you'll think is better hmm. than what we maybe thought initially. I just remember liking it, not loving it. I really liked I'm a Stranger Now. That was the highlight on there. Just missed the cut. And then um, no Billie Eilish on my list either. Bad Guy Slaps. That's on Bangs. However, that's on everyone's list. That was like number one for weeks and weeks. Billie Eilish doesn't need to be on my top 50 list. Everyone no, knows her she's already. Online. She doesn't need to be on But I will tip my cap to her. Yeah, you'll pay anyways. Exactly. You'll pay tribute. Exactly. Sure. How about you? What are some honorable mentions um, here? Some honorable mentions. Girl Pull, Lucy's. Um, mm, good missed song. the cut for me. Um, let me see. At Holy Terrain, like I mentioned. Doctor by Black Midi. Um, Kids by Pup. I picked another, a different mm, Pup song. Interesting. Um, Venice Bitch by Lana Del Rey. So, quick note about the, a couple Lana Del Rey songs. Venice Bitch ended up on my 2018 list because it technically came out last year. That, However, that's my favorite song on that album. So, I, I didn't include it. In favor of a couple other ones, and I didn't include Mariner's Apartment Complex either. Okay. Since those were 2018 songs well, in my in my I, weird brain. I looked at them as 2019 songs because they came out on this totally album. Totally fair. And I included, basically in the consideration, were those two. So you know you're seeing Mariner's on my list. Yep. And then another one that I had. Okay. Basically, I cut Venice Bitch just because like, the other two I liked a little better. Yep. And I was like, I'm... I guess I'm just not going to do three by her. So yep. that, that's one cool. that I feel like is worth mentioning. Kara Kara, better. Yeah, that one I considered for my list as well. It that's a good EP. Uh, let me see if I have any other quick ones that are like not represented by anyone else. Yeah, and another note. I on ended the... up getting most of these artists. Oh, this is sort of stupid, but but uh, Kanye West, Follow God. I considered having it like <laughs> yeah. 50. Yeah. I considered yeah. just as an inclusion because I like that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, None of his songs. Okay. Made. None of him has made mine either. Yeah. One more note on just like the weird year overlap. So for example, Sharon Van Etten, Comeback Kid, like that came out end of 2018, ended yeah. up very high on my 2018 list. Right. Didn't consider it for this year. That's fair. I have another Sharon Van Etten. Me too. Yeah. So, I don't have Comeback yeah. Kid. Um, so yeah, a couple of those things. Uh, let's dive in, Jake. So I think what we can do, we'll do our top 50. We'll go back and forth in chunks of 10. Yep. Until we get to the top 10, then we'll go back and forth one for one. This has been a good it's yes. been a winning formula with yes. previous podcasts. I, th I think, did you start last time? So I'll start this one? Uh, yeah, you, you start off this time. Okay, so number 50. I have Please Don't Leave the Table by Vagabond. Mm. At number 50, this ended up being the the inclusion from this album. I considered Every Woman. Um, I considered other songs on the album. Yeah. This one is like sort of my favorite when I'm in the album. Nice. Uh, it has those distorted horns. It's great. 49, Pup. Bloody Mary Kate and Ashley. Great pick. Love this song. Um, one of my favorite choruses on that album. Number 48, I have Purple Mountains with That's Just the Way I Feel. First track off yeah. the sort of very sad now very. David Berman album. I d didn't have any Purple Mountains on my top 50. Um, Storyline Fever just missed mine. Mm. I, l I really like that song. Margaritas at the Mall, perhaps. Yeah, um, maybe I'm the only one for me. Yeah. Um, number 47, Don Chorus by Tom York. Oh, beautiful, so beautiful, beautiful song. 
number 46, I have Mannequin Pussy. <laughs> really enunciating. With Drunk 2. Yes, great one. Um, I considered that as well, just missed. powerful miss. song lyrically. Yep. Number 45 is where I included Billie Eilish with Bad Guy. Nice. Number 44, I have Kate LeBond. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Seduce your dad, guy. <laughs> like, ooh, I don't know about that. Yikes! Billy. Whoa, you you were like maybe what sixteen when you wrote this? Yeah. That dad is a felon. Um, <laughs> number forty-four, Kate LeBond with "Home to You." Yep, nice. representative of that very good album. Number forty-three, Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel with "SpongeBob." Operation Underwater. I considered Houthi. I considered. Yeah. There's another one with a longer title. I'm forgetting the name. Doesn't um, matter. I re-listened to that last night. Yeah, that album's amazing. It's so good. It's really, it's really maybe good. the best rap album I heard this year. I don't know though. Interesting. Okay, number forty-two, Jenny Haval with Ashes to Ashes, and number forty-one, I have Marika Hackman with uh, with Come Undone. Yeah, that song's great. A jam, dude. That album has so many jams. Yeah, on it. It I considered never quite. All night stitched together as a full album that's fair. for me but that's like fair. there's a few songs that i really go back to a lot i think there's like four or five songs that are just like yeah. excellent songs same uh okay my number 50 jake bruce springsteen sundown yes i think he literally wrote this song all around the um he wanted to say so badly like county line in this song and I think he he built the entire song around the county line yeah. lyric. Okay, it's classic Springsteen. It really, yeah. Uh, number forty nine, I have Nilafer Yanya with mm-hmm. Paralyzed. That's another one that has like four or five great songs on the record. It does. That like maybe I don't always want to go back and listen, but uh, Paralyzed is a great More song. More on that very soon on my list. Very nice. Uh, forty eight, I have Heim with Summer Girl. Oh, whoa. Okay. Which is actually about I think one of the sisters' boyfriends had like cancer or something and she went to go visit him and he I think it was kind of like a song to cheer him up in a way. <laughs> uh, number 47, I have J. Cole with Middle Child. 46, I have Earl Sweatshirt with El Toro Combo Meal. Pistons Run Like I'm Chauncey. Pistons Run Like I'm Rashid. song's awesome. It has that great like Soul uh, sample in it. It's a really, really Earl's good the best, song. man. Yeah. Earl's just the best. Um, forty six. Oh, I just did it. Forty five. I have a vagabond song as well. Full moon in Gemini. Oh the yeah, the opening track. Yeah, also awesome. Love that song. Forty four. I have JPEG Mafia with Jesus forgive me. I am a thought. Um, Such a song title. This song. I I've never quite heard a rap song like this. The way That's it just like that album feels. ditches traditional song structure in any way and it's just like chaos underneath um really really interesting song um and bear with me because i'm counting down on spotify here and i'm losing my place consistently so 50 49 48 47 46 45 44 43 we have carly ray jepson with feels right okay <laughs> So there's no numbers for you. <laughs> no. Oh, I was no. like, oh, I'll do it off the top of my head. It's fine. 42, I have Vampire Weekend with How Long. Okay, nice. 41, I have Dive with For the Guilty. That Now, this ended up being my favorite from Deceiver. I love the fucking drums yeah. on this. Like, they're like, the timing's weirdly, like, just off. But it, like, 
makes the guitars crash harder. It's yep. it's awesome. So that's my 41. Okay, uh, for me, number 40, I have William Tyler with Alpine Star. Yeah. This is like an instrumental guitar album. It's fucking sick. This song's awesome. So is Fail Safe, I think, is the other song that I love off this one. 39 is where I put Nilla for Yanya with Paralyzed. Same nice. song. Uh, 38, I have Hey Ma by Bonnie Vare. Nice. Uh, number 37, Dirty Laundry by Danny Brown. Um, what does he say? Fuck a bitch twice, call it deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Is a funny lyric yeah. in that one. Um, is that the fuck one? Fuck the hooker for some change. Dude. Actual change. <laughs> is that the one where he goes like, did the Humpty Dumpty in a Burger King bathroom? It is whatever. that one. It is that one. And those are the kind of lines that land you on my list. Um, number 36, I have Oso Oso with The View. Which Great was track. my favorite song off that album. Number 35, uh, Shannon Van Etten with 17. Number 34, Hilado Negro with Running. Yes. Number 33, I have Angel Olsen with All Mirrors. Number 32, Wise Blood with Movies. And number 31, I have Into the Red by James Blake. Oh, a little James Blake in the yep, mix. That was, I, that's a song I went back to a lot. Yeah, I like it. That's I like that pick. I, it makes me think of you, actually, because yeah. I always remember you being like, yeah, that's like a highlight for yeah, me. It was one, yeah, it's my favorite. I like that. Uh, my number 40, I have Pretty by Girl Pool. Nice. I went with that one over uh, What Chaos is Imaginary. 39, I have Home to You by Kate LeBon. 38, I have Pressure to Party by Julia Jacqueline. Whoa. Um, you remember that album? I think I maybe listened once. It's good. If at all. It's good. The first four songs in particular, like you're like, whoa, this is going to be one of the best rock albums of the year. And then it tails off, but uh, Pressure to Party is definitely a highlight. Um, 38, I have Better Obliv Oblivion Community Center. Dylan Thomas. So that's another artist that missed my list altogether. Yeah, I think Dylan Thomas is actually the best song on that album. I, I really love Sleepwalking as well, but Dylan Thomas is great. Um, number 30, <laughs> 37. <laughs> Travis Scott, Highest in the Room. Okay. I think this song is just an earworm. I was singing it to myself all day. Both Kara and I worked from home today. Oh, and dude, I just what kept going. Vibe. Kara, highest in the room. <laughs> like, it ain't the Molly, it's the boot. And it's just like, he's just like rhyming shit on this melody that all just comes back to, I'm the highest in the room. And you're just, it's infectious. Yeah, man. That's... It, it's the same thing happened with like Sicko Mode mm -hmm. and Carousel and Stargazing and all those songs off, off Astro World. I was about to start rhyming with the. The moon. Exactly, yeah. Who put it's like, the shit together, I'm the glue. Dude, it's he, like just, similar, he gets it. He's just vibe. like, I'm just going to riff off this melody, yes. and it's going to be amazing. So, Highest in the Room is my number 37. 36, I have Hand Habits, What Lovers Do. Nice. 35, I have The National with Rylan. 34, I have my first Lana Del Rey entry. Hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have, but I have it. Can I just say really quick, I don't want you to lose track. What yep. was that, 33? 33. I have no national representatives on my entire That's list. That's perfectly fine. I for sometimes forget this album came out. You know, it's funny because I was talking with big friend of the pod, Josh, on our Discord Huge chat. Huge friend of the pod. And I, I dropped the link to my playlist. I was like, hey, if anyone's interested, like check it out. This entire playlist is Flames Emoji because I think it is. This is like on top of being just a great 50 songs like this playlist on Spotify oh, would just would go. I'm sure it's sick. And he's like, oh my God, I forgot that national album came out this year. 
I, I mean, like, I didn't truly forget, but, like, there are times where I'm like, oh, wait, I never listened to it. I it, never listened look, to it. that, I think, is indicative of the quality of that album, not in that it's bad. It's just, it's good. It's but, a little forgettable. But there's a lot of good stuff that came out this year, and it wasn't exceptional. And there's also a shit ton of better national exactly, albums. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Rylan has always been a favorite for me, though. It, oh, it's you know, awesome. It, it's right. There's, there's several excellent songs on that album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 32, I have our boy Halado Negro with Running. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. 31, I have Bonnie Vare, Hey Ma. Nice, okay. Uh, number 30, I have Howdy with Cathedral. Um, Howdy spelled H-O-V-V-D-Y. Yeah. Uh, this was a single that came out a few, like, few months ago. I really ended up liking it a lot. The album itself is fine that, mm-hmm. that came out after it. it. It's good. If you like this kind of stuff, it's catchy. I think I remember listening to it. It's a little bit It's a little bit meh. Just yeah. sort of not, not a ton there. But this song's excellent. Um, number 29, I have Dogleg with Fox. Yeah. This song fucking rips, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. I described it in a text to Sean the other day as like the best song you could ever hear at a, a basement emo show. 100%. It, it goes. It really goes. It's fucking sick. Uh Number 28, I have um, Manchester Band, Happy Just to See You with My hey. Best Friend. My favorite song on that album. Uh, number 27, Hand Habits, What Lovers Do. Number 26, I have Frank Ocean with In My Room. Um, yes. My second favorite of the singles that he dropped this year. Uh, number 25, I have Jessica Pratt with Aeroplane. One of two representatives that are going to end up on this list from her album that came out this year. Uh, huge Jessica Pratt year for me. Just huge. Just, <laughs> big Jessica just, Pratt year. Just big, big Jessica <laughs> yes. Pratt mood for me. Number 24, Dive with Blankenship. Yeah. I've been loving this rocks. song. Um, I heard it after we went and saw Honey Boy the other day. Mm. Mary-Kate and I stopped at Chipotle. Huh. And and this was on at the Chipotle in Methuen. Really? And I was like, I was Whoa. like, started singing along. I was like, how do I know this? I was like, oh, this is Blankenship. That's this so is Dive. Crazy. Wow. That's crazy. That, that has started to happen to me more and more. I'll just be out places. I'll, like, there's a coffee shop downtown that I went to, and I was like, what the fuck is this song? I know this song. It was that band Ott. Yeah. With that song, Blue Sky. Oh. Blue Sky, or like what? However it goes. They were men for miles. Yeah, men for, for miles. Yeah, like. Tear, tear <laughs> like, and I was like, whoa, like hot. And I went and listened again. That album's great. It's almost like um, the big marketing machines that are out there like are figuring us out and get us uh, and yeah, just know, know exactly what to They're put like, on. They're like, ooh, you like overpriced cold brew coffee? Come down here. And like, we'll- hey, Chipotle, that's fast food with a conscience. <laughs> you like probably like Dive and fucking like Coldplay adjacent bands. Uh, number 23, FKA Twigs with Home With You. Beautiful, beautiful. The song, song. I, I decided to to choose off this album. Um, cellophane really could have and maybe should have been the one, but this is the one that was sort of my favorite every time I totally. listened. Totally. Number twenty two, Lana Del Rey, Norman Fucking Rockwell. Great opener. Opening track on the album. Oh. Um, I just think her voice sounds so sultry and like perfect on this song. Um, melodically, I think it's beautiful. Big sweeping uh, vibe on this song. Perfect opener for the album that's to mm-hmm. come. And at number 21, my first Sandy Alex G offering with Taking, believe it or not. Wow. It's, and I, it, it could have and probably should have been Hope. Awesome. I went with Taking. 
because I listened to it a ton. It was Dude, one of the ones I returned to the most. There could have been any number of Alex G songs on this list. Like I wanted to include Sugar House. I wanted to include Me too. In My Arms. I wanted to include a number. I, I couldn't. I could Dude, only pick two. I had like four on my list. It would, yeah, it would have been like five Alex G songs. Yeah. So You will hear much more about another one. You're going to get one in my next ten here. So coming in at number uh, 30, I have Young Thug featuring Gunna. And Travis Scott. Jake, could there be any more artists that are just triangulated towards me? There really okay. couldn't. There really couldn't. This is, it's actually, it's a danger to you that it exists. Seriously. This is like if someone, if you put a drug in front of an addict. I'm a moth to a goddamn flame here. And this is your three favorite drugs combined because into one. Because this is, this song's called Hot, but it's the remix that features Travis Scott at the end. And it starts out with the gunna hook Everything Liddy, I love when it's hot. Uh, and then it's like just I've been saying that in my head for months now. I say it to Kara all the time. Just I've, un- I've heard it. Prompted. I say it to you. I say everything Liddy, I love when it's hot so much. And so like you know how every year we discover a new like Sean rap term? Yeah. This year it's Liddy. And, like, everything litty. I love when it's hot, Whoa, Jake. dude, you're serious kicking up right now as you say this. Dude, yeah. What What is up with that? Um, so It's like, oh, you mentioned something you like and then I've already <laughs> sold to, like, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting as well, speaking of worlds colliding, is... I was I follow Slam magazine on oh, Instagram. excellent Great follow. follow. Excellent One follow. of the best NBA follows. Did you happen to notice the most recent cover? They had the Miami Heat on the cover. Oh, really? No. In the caption, they just said everything Liddy <laughs> because yes. it's like the Heat, you know? Yes. So I have Hot by uh, Young Thug featuring Travis Scott and Dude, Gunna. that's Siri listening to you right Seriously, there. I know. Everything Liddy. Uh, number 29, Frank Ocean, DHL. Oh, nice. Boy toy ride me like an Uber. Uber. Uh, number 28, I have Brock Hampton with No Halo. This song is great. Okay. Really, really good. 27, I have Pale Hound with Bullshit. Uh, Whoa. 26, I have... Pale Hound, Paul. Yeah, I man. Like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, that song is great. I listened to that song a ton this year. Uh, 27, I have Sandy Alex G with Gretel. Mm-hmm. That was one of two Sandy Alex G picks. Uh, another one coming soon. Number... 26, 25, 25. I have Where Is Her Head by The National. What's interesting, this is my highest ranking national song. Comes in at number 25. It is the least national sounding song Mm -hmm. that existed on this record. It's mostly female vocals. It has a few lines from Matt Berninger. But I think they made a smart decision to go in the direction of like different vocalists trying to do some different things because... I do think that sound of theirs can get a little played out if they kept just going down that well. Totally. So even though this entire album didn't like really knock it out of the park, I love that they were trying different stuff and Where Is Her Head is like the perfect example of that. This would have ended up being my highest from that album, I think. Uh, 24, I have Home With You by FKA Twigs. I didn't know that you were lonely, Jake. Well. 22, 23. I have This Time Around by Jessica Pratt. Nice. Great song. Uh, oh, here we go. Number 22, Gunna and Lil Baby, Derek Fisher. 
Oh, Shoe man. like Derek Fisher. Song's <laughs> so good. What I a... listen to this song like almost daily. What? A... Like in the car. It's my, it's one of my oh, car dude, songs. Man, it, ha- it it couldn't be more tailor made for you. Like it is an early two thousands NBA I reference do, as its title. I know. Derek I know. Fisher. Yeah. So, Gun a Little Baby, Derek Fisher. That was the high watermark for Trap for me this year. And I think that came out in, like, February. So, um, anyways, my number 21, Aldous Harding, The Barrel. Oh, I love to hear that on yours. I I have an Aldous Harding song. That album is excellent. It's so good. Everyone listen to Designer. It's funny you should mention that at your 21, because at my 20, I have Aldous Harding, Fixed Your Picture. Oh, yeah. Uh, I consider... I considered a few on this album, including The Barrel. Um, this is the one I ultimately went with. Number 19, Jenny Lewis, Red Bull and Hennessy. Great pick from that album. Uh, Listen again the other day. Liked it a lot more this time around. Oh, man. This time around <laughs> it's, than I did last time. It's so good. Yeah. Jenny Lewis fucking killed it with that record. Number 18, Remo Drive with Around the Sun. You really like this one. I listened to this song a ton. Yeah. I didn't listen to this album no, that much at all. No, I didn't all. either. Um this song is excellent, though. It's one of my favorite Remo Drive songs they've ever yeah. put out. It's like very theatrical. It yeah. feels like a. Uh, they really are like writing interesting musically, uh, sort of like pop songs mm. that go beyond mm-hmm. sort of pop punk or emo or any of that shit. Yeah. Um, I really like Two Bucks from that album. Yeah. Two Bucks, <laughs> something, something for a few fucks. <laughs> it's funny you should say something, something, because hey. they come in at number 17 on my list with Left to Do. Nice. This year they released a, a single with the song Sharon and Left to Do. This is the one I picked off that. Nice. Um, I had the benefit of hearing this as like demos early yeah. on. Yeah. And then all the way to it, it's being completed. I think it has a really interesting chord progression. Um, they play it really well live. Nice. Uh, number 16, Whitney with Giving Up. Mm. Number 15, Vampire Weekend, Flower Moon. Yes. My first of two entries from them. Number 14, Wise Blood with Every Day. Uh, I went with Every Day in Movies. I left off Andromeda, which Every, I... I went with, in some order, Andromeda and Movies, I left off Every Day. Yeah, and I, well, I knew you would, because that's always that's, been yeah. where our, where yep. we differ there. Although, Every Day, like, if we were doing more than two songs, would have been on this list. Right, you excluded it because you hate it. I get that. Yeah, no, I, it would have been high, too. Right. Uh, number 13... Dive with Skin Game. Yeah. I had an excellent, excellent run with this song uh, from the time it was a single all the way through when the album came out. Number 12, uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Bright Horses. This one was going to make my list. Um, You know, if there's one knock on my list making, it's that I do it with an ear for how fire of a playlist will this be. That's fine. Bright Horses is devastating. And I think I want to keep it in the context of that album, which is gorgeous and beautiful. That song is excellent, though, and I'm very happy at Major. Yeah, it's on my list because, of, like you said, it's excellent. It's crushing. Yep. Um, And it's very moving musically. It's beautifully produced and sounds huge, but Nick Cave sounds intimate on it. Mm -hmm. Love that song. Uh, And number 11, Solange with Bins. Yeah. Love it. That's fire. That song is fire. You'll be hearing that. Uh, from me as well number 20 i have my one and only pup entry which is kids i think this is an excellent single this just grabbed me right away i listened to the song a fuck ton this year i did too it really is it's the one that i had in the list until the last second when i re-listened to the album i put in bloody mary kate but i was just like yeah it is kids yeah but that's the one i picked because it was like a special one to me yeah 
Number 19, I have Angel Olsen with All Mirrors. Nice. 18, FKA Twig Cellophane. This song, I, like, I, when I first heard this, I was like, oh, like, this is going to be something special, this album. And it, it did not disappoint. No, Magdalene really is amazing. It took a few listens, but, but man, it's an amazing album. 17, I have Big Thief with Cattails. Getting to see this live was a treat. Um, it really highlighted how locked in they are on this. Um, and just a great, great song. The highlight from UFOF, for me at least. Uh, coming in at 16, Tom York, Don Chorus. Nice. Um, this song is haunting and beautiful and devastating. Much and like the whole album. Much like the whole album. And Tom York was on some shit with Anima this year. Like that, the visual accompaniment to the album. He's like really, I think, establishing himself away from Radiohead, it seems like, recently, especially. Yeah. Um, this is the best solo work I've heard from him. Honestly, this is on the level of like a a, a second tier Radiohead album. Right. And, this is like King of Limbs level for me, honestly. And Johnny Greenwood kills it with his film scores too. Yeah. I was, th- I was re- realizing the other day, so Phil Selway, the drummer, has always released music. Recently, Ed O'Brien put out a, a solo album. I've not listened to it yet. I haven't listened either. But he did put one out, which is That's interesting. I wonder how it is. Yeah. Uh, my number 15, Wise Blood. Andromeda. Nice. Love those George Harrison guitars on here. So, so, yeah, gorgeous. Uh, number 14, Charlie XCX featuring Christine and the Queens, Gone. Have you heard this song? Probably. Bruh. What? So, you know how I'm always like, the value of Charlie XCX is what she could maybe put out next? Where it's it, like, yeah. she's the best pop star in the world just based off of potential. It was realized with Gone. This is everything you want from a Charlie XCX song. Okay. It is her best song. It's a pop masterpiece in gem. So, like, Gone is my number 13. Okay. Or 14. All right, all right. My number 13 is Claro with Bags. You want to talk about pop gems? This song. I didn't love the album. Didn't really grab me. I could not stop going back to this song, Bags. So, that's coming in at number 13. Number 12, I have Priests. With Good Time Charlie. Nice. Um, just like politically charged. It's yeah. about Charlie Wilson, I guess. And like uh, it, like politics around like the uh, the like the Russian invasion of Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, did you end up having a, a coming back to this album? I did. Yeah. I actually did my re-listen yesterday. Yeah. And it's very good. The Seduction of Kansas is an excellent, excellent title. The, is that the name of the album? Yeah, or is it, it is. Just the song, the Seduction of Kansas. Yeah, the track and the album name. It's really good, actually. You do have to be in the right mood, and yep. I think my take on it previously, when I was like, ah, like there's a few great songs, but it doesn't totally hook me. It's a mood thing. You can't listen to this when you're not like ready for like a political ass kind of like rock album. So keep that in mind. And then my number 11, I have Fontaine's DC with television screens. Awesome. Um, we are into the top 10s, Jake. We are. At my number 10, I have Carly Rae Jepsen with Real Love. Yeah. Okay, so I considered this one for mine. I went with Feels Right yep. instead, but Real Love is mwah. I, li- <laughs> I listened to this song so fucking much this year. Yeah. This is one. So what happens to like probably I would say like four or five songs per year is it sneaks on not only to my own listening, but it finds its way into Mary Kate's yeah. listening. Yeah. 
And as a result, and this was one of those. Usually it's in the pop genre. Yeah, yeah. And this was one of those. And as a result, this was on at home all the time. It was on in the car all the nice. time. Love this song. I also feel like... That horn fucking we, yeah, synth fantastic. beat. I also feel like with Carly Rae Jepsen, in particular with this album, I think this is one where everyone sort of like has a different favorite. Yeah. There's so many good songs on here. Like I, I also considered um, Too Much... And I saw that one was very popular. Mm-hmm. Ended up going with uh, Feels Right, though. But Real Love, also excellent. My number 10, Jake. Black Midi, 953. This song fucking rips. It rocks. It rolls. <laughs> this song, I, I, this like, in a way, reinvented rock for me this year. And opened my eyes up to what rock can be going into this new decade. I'm like excited by this song the drums the instrumentation the riffs that they're piling together here the weird time signatures that they're in like and when they do that thing thrilling. when they even and you'll hear more about this song later from me actually uh when they get to that part where it's like that kind of drone and he's like not what they want you to be that whole part yes. that reminds me of like the doors yes filtered through this crazy like po- like sort of like industrial punk sound yeah, they're doing. Yeah. More to come on that one. Love that shit. That's uh, my number 10. Number nine, I have uh, Vampire Weekend with How Long. Um, nice. I ended up having two Vampire Weekend songs in my top 20. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this album ranks for me. Yeah, I'll, I will be interested. I'm ve- I think it's going to be lower than I would have thought. Yeah. Because I didn't revisit it a lot in the second half of the year, but I had a either. really heavy period with it. Well, for here's a while. the thing heavy flow. That's a disgusting, <laughs> disgusting joke. Here's the thing that I was thinking about with them. I was looking through the track list when I was making this list. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, what, what songs do I want to include? There's a lot of options that could have been on this list. Yeah. But when I think about the album as a whole, I'm less excited about it than the individual tracks, if that makes sense. Interesting. I don't know if I share that exact take. I think it's just with this album, I just feel less enthused about it now. I'm, I'm yeah. like, I had a really you know heavy moment with Me it. Me too. And then it's, and now it's just like I'm, I kind of... I don't need it right now. Same. Um, so it might just be a, a, the the sort of the um, victim of bad timing yeah. when the album's list comes out. But this song and Flower Moon, there were others I considered. Mm-hmm. Um, loved and listened to them just an absolute ton. How long I think is the one where when this album came out, it really hooked me and had me feeling like, okay, this is going to have some legs. And this album has some depth. That, uh, that was also my favorite from that album. So I'm glad that made it into your top ten. My number nine, uh, Woods and Seagull. Spider Hole. Nice. Okay. Um, my f- one of my favorite rap songs. Ah, this my favorite rap song of the year. Nice. Um, and I I like the like big electric guitar riffs that crash in here. The flow that Billy Woods gets going with with, with like snipers in the minaret and that whole outro with the succession. She's got her own game going on. And then, dude, the line delivery that uh, Jeremy Strong gives. What, what, what do you mean, game? Yeah, he, it's so good. I just like hearing that part on the outro. Dude, like, it's an excellent song, and that is a good moment to drop. Could have gone with SpongeBob here, but Spider Hole, I just I kept coming back to. A song called SpongeBob is just will never not amuse me. Yeah, it's yeah right. It's yeah. so good. Uh, number eight. I think this is going to surprise you a little bit. It surprised me when I saw it just now. Grimes, Violence. Yeah, this song was great. I ended up listening to this song a ton. This song was good. Um, 
it's awesome. It actually gives me some faith for whatever this album's going to be. I, Grimes had a weird year with all the Elon Musk shit and like how... That, okay, and I, let's talk about that because that has colored the way I view her. It, it, it has and it sucks because I feel like every other week there's a different headline about how Grimes sucks now. And I think there's this weird groundswell and I got caught up into it to a certain extent earlier in the year where people are like, I want to hate on Grimes. Grimes is an easy target. Definitely there was. You know what the thing is though? Her music is great. She's awesome, man. She's still putting out like awesome music. She's a phenom. And I think at what she does. There's some resentment from like the indie crowd that's like, oh, like we knew Grimes before she was dating Elon Musk. And they kind of want to tear her down. Like, did you see the fervor over she made a comment on a podcast where she was like, Yeah, I think like AI is gonna replace like actual artists at some point. And everyone was like, No, it'll never replace real art. It's like, well, this is just a p- interesting futurist podcast that she's like speculating on. Like, fucking relax. Yeah, it's just, okay? it's just an opinion, and it like could be true. Yeah, so like I, that was a whole controversy. Which brings us to our number six through one: <laughs> AI generated pop hits. Six through one. Uh, I love that pick. That's great. Yeah, that's uh, great. Uh, awesome song. Uh, my number nine, Jake. Uh, sorry, my number eight. Still getting thrown off. Here. It's all right. Hey, that's um, Japanese breakfast. Essentially, whoa. This song was just a single, a one-off single by Japanese Breakfast this year. It reminds me of Fleetwood Mac, Rumors era, so hard. It's just like scratching that itch for me. I ended up listening to it a ton, like more than almost any other song this year, because it would just always come up on like shuffle on my best of of the the year. And I was always down to listen to it. And that's a good sign for a song for me. Kind of lives on its own. That's a similar edge to what Red Bull and Hennessy scratches exactly. for me. With, the, uh, with that and a little bit of Kate Bush. Mixed yeah, in yeah, yeah. I feel like. So yeah, essentially by Japanese Breakfast coming in at eight. Number seven, Big Thief with Not. Yes. Which was which is the second highest Big Thief Ooh, song I have ranked. Two Big Thief in the two, top ten. Two Big Thief songs. Love yep, it. Another one Love coming. It. This one's just hugely powerful. I think it's the best song on uh, Two Hands. Yes. The second album they put out this year. It was probably the best song they performed live when we saw them back in October. Yep. Crazy to me that that's two months ago tomorrow. Can't believe it. Yeah, that's nuts. It's insane. More on, more on not in a little bit. Uh, more my- on time and like <laughs> it it as a construct and as a dimension in <laughs> yeah. in the post show after show shout out Watchmen yes. and uh, what that TV show. show is doing my number seven Jake Solange Bins nice wake up on CP time whatever the fuck that is Chris Paul time Chris Paul said. time yeah wait I had a thought the other day where I was like oh I know what it is and I lost it and now I don't know I I didn't look it up I was just thinking I was like. And I was like, oh, I know what CP time is. And now I don't remember what I thought it was. It reminds me of, uh, of, of that story for some reason reminds me of Paul McCartney's story about the first time he got high. For some reason it reminds me of that. And uh, he was talking about how he wrote something down and like gave it to their roadie. And like he was like, keep that. You keep that. And the next morning he looked at it and it just said there are seven levels. <laughs> And he was like, uh, like what? Um, That's essentially what happened to me Next time you realize what CP time is, write it down and put it somewhere to find. I also don't know if that's what she's saying. It sounds like it. Yeah. But, you know, um, that hi-hat, that like synthy, bouncy riff. I think Panda Bear did that. Yeah, he did. I'm not totally sure. Yes, he did. Great song. Bins. Solange. 
Number six, Lana Del Rey, Mariner's Apartment Complex. I know you what ex- a track. excluded this as a result of uh, it's so fucking being 2018. Um, to me, it's honestly, I think it's the high point of of this album. Uh, I think Venice Bitch, as great as it is, it for its length, when you've heard it oh, 10, sure. 15 times, it's not as essential. This no. one remains essential every time, I great think. Point. Um, great point. And so, yeah, it's my favorite off that album. Love it. My number six... James Blake featuring Travis Scott, Mile High. Um, yes. This is, it, Travis Scott has been featured in three separate songs, one on his own, two features. This guy just has a knack for melody and earworms. He really understands that better than almost anyone. Um, this was a great single when it first came out. Uh, it's, a, it's my favorite from Assume Form, which I, I think is excellent, and I'm not always the biggest James Blake fan, but... This We've is such a very critical of James. We have Blake on this past. podcast. Yeah, we have. But, but I, I agree think Assume Form is great. Mile High is great. I think James Blake's sound pairs perfectly with Travis Scott, and they reach new highs, Jake, on Mile High. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, I have Black Midi with 953. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's such a, a dude. So many amazing riffs and so many different things going on in this. Like I said, they have that kind of trippy doors moment in this song. They have that opening part that you were just sort yep. of singing. They have the heavy, like crashing in guitar riffs yep. that come in. Um, like you said, this is a new, this is an interesting, fresh take on rock music, which is yeah, much needed it is. in 2019. And it seems like everyone was on board for the ride this year. Yeah. I've seen. Black Midi mentioned in almost every single list I've looked at in some capacity. So I was looking, I was reading about them a little bit, and I guess a lot of their sound is they they use a lot of improv. That's cool. As a way, like they this dude, this guy who's the head leader of the band and the drummer, they have a lot of like jazz. Yeah, I was going to say it feels like that. And and the the, the singer and the, the sort of the guy behind Black Midi like sent. Everybody, he was always trying to like get them into bitches brew Whoa. and get them into yep. like this dude's like nineteen years old Fucking or something or crazy. twenty. Shout out Juice World. And he was, and he was trying to get them into all this like crazy improvisational wow. like jazz music as like part of what they're up to on this album. It I think it kind of shows because they Dude. end up in these really weird, interesting grooves throughout the. Album. I was gonna say it does feel jazzy. Um, I think the talent that they have instrumentally is is one of the most impressive I've seen from a rock band like in years. It's crazy. I, I can't point to another one where I'm just so blown away by all of the instrumentation you, individually, but also like as a collective. So this is less necessarily about the instrumentation, but you could you could extend it to this. What this album reminds me of is like when whatever people say I am came out. Ex- yes. I get a similar yes, vibe definitely. where it's like, whoa, these dudes are really young. It's weirder. And the, it's way like, weirder. It's way weirder. In a it's, good way. But if you remember I remember when I got into that first Arctic Monkeys album thinking it was kind of weird. Yeah. It's not as weird as this. This is more experimental. Yeah. This is by its nature more abrasive and like less pop forward. I mean, like there was never a song on whatever people say I'm like near Detroit, Michigan. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, or, like... Or boom, 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 whatever <laughs> right, that's called. Right, right. Schlegenheim. She moves with a purpose. Yeah. A purpose. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> I just I get a similar feeling from listening to it as that for reasons I can't totally articulate except like... These guys are British. These right. guys are young. <laughs> right. These guys are vital. And they're like... <laughs> they're on the cutting edge. Yeah, yeah and they're like yeah. kind of reinventing rock, or that's at least what like NME will say for right, the next right, 10 right. years until they get tired of them. Yeah, right. 
and they like try something that doesn't totally work out musically. Anyways, what do you have? Uh, okay, we're into the top five now. Uh, we are. I that was my five. My yeah. number five, Sharon Van Etten, seventeen. Nice. Um, this ranked on my decade list. I think the way this song builds is beautiful. I never get tired of like when she really goes for it vocally towards the end. Um, I always came back to this song uh, throughout the year. So this and that James Blake track that came in at six and five, these were around since January, February of last year. They've been in our lives for almost a year. I'm not sick of them. That's a really, really good sign. Um, 17, Sharon Bennett. Number four for me, Jessica Pratt this time around. Mm. Um, it was basically the one of two representatives I included on the list. The other ones that didn't make it were Crossing, um, Polly Blue. There were a bunch of other ones. Aeroplane. That one made it. You on had the list. it. Yeah, that's but right. But like so much of this album could have been on here. This time around, I think it's just maybe the strongest track overall. Yeah. It's really a representative of the album and of the feeling I get when I hear these songs. 100%. Um, that's why I picked it on mine, ranked a little bit lower. But I think it is representative of an album that will probably rank very high for both of us. I get such a, a crazy feeling. I get with Jessica Pratt because of when I got into her at the beginning of this year this weird feeling of like sadness but also hope yeah um which makes sense given like everything going on however every time i hear this time around i get that same feeling with the boom boom i'm just like oh okay feels yes those first few chords which sound actually strangely kind of like uh um, doing time by um, by Sublime. Yeah, have you ever realized that those no, chords I are very haven't. similar? That's, that's a great point to that song, which is a crazy comparison. Very interesting. Yeah, this song and this album makes me really feel shit. And I've always, I've every time we bring this up, I reference the trip I took to San Francisco. The more I think about that, looking back, I mean, it's December now. That trip was in February, right around when this album came out. That was like a, that's a formative trip in my life. Mm. It's something I did alone. And I went out and like I was experiencing stuff 3,000 miles away from my home in a city I've always loved and kind of fetishized in my own head. And getting to experience it, and I listened to this album, just cranked it on repeat on the plane, walking through the streets, walking over the Golden Gate Bridge, like looking out over San Francisco from the Marin Headlands and stuff. And it was just like, this is nuts. Like, And so for that reason, this album and this song always like, they just soundtrack what was like, a formative sort of soul-searching moment. I, I, I love that. And I feel like you knew that trip could be that for you. And you, you sort of willed it into existence by listening to this album. You're like, I'm going to pair these two things subconsciously. Yeah. And now it's conscious. And I love that. I leaned into it. Yeah, I love when that happens. I, I definitely leaned into it. And I was like willing to embrace that feeling. That's amazing. My number four, Lana Del Rey, The Greatest. Whoa, okay. Um, nice. In my... Now, I think we talked on the podcast that I did a different track listing for Norman fucking Rockwell, where I eliminated a couple, I rearranged some things, and I ended up putting The Greatest as the last track, which I think works pretty perfectly. Mm -hmm. I think it's in the middle on the normal version. Middle late. Middle late. Yeah. Um, It just feels like such a last track, and if you think about it that way, it hits even harder. I think the way it just sort of speaks to where we're at culturally at the end of 2019. The culture's lit, Jake, and I had a ball. But, like, LA's in flames. And, like, all that shit, like, 
life's never been better or easier, but it's also maybe never been more confusing or bad. Or disillusioning. And I love that she explored that idea on Norman fucking Rockwell, and I think the greatest sums that up in the greatest way, Jake. I, I'm on one with the uh, the turns of phrase today. You, you are, and there's really there's no way to recover from it when you're on the other <laughs> microphone. No. It's just like all I can do is just be like, "What? Like, yeah, good, right, nailed it." Um, number three, Big Thief, UFOF. Nice. Um, this a song presumably about a, a UFO friend. Mm-hmm. It's in the first lyric of the song. Uh, I think the instrumentation and the way. The sort of the drums and guitars and everything in this sort of like it's like they're sifting together in this weird sort of like hazy time. Um, I like we've talked about this before, but the way this band locks in under Adrian Lanker's sort of idiosyncratic songwriting style, um, really interesting. I think there's no better example of that than UFOF. Um, and it's 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 one of the songs I listen to just the most off of either of those two Big Thief albums. Nice. My number three, I have Sandy Alex G with Hope. Nice. Um, this is my favorite from House of Sugar. I listen to it more than any other song. Um, I was fortunate enough to see him live in performing this song in Western Massachusetts. And it hit me in a different way, especially because of that line, yeah, I, I've seen fentanyl take a few lives from my life. And yeah. I realized at this show, they, they had a, a table set up in the back of the venue that was like handing out Narcan. I'd never seen that before, and it was eerie, and I was like, this is weird. Whoa. And being in that area, being in Massachusetts like that, and having him sing about it, I was like, oh, a lot of people here probably are directly affected by this issue. Yeah. Um, and it struck me in a different way, and I was having an interesting conversation earlier today uh, with big friend of the pod, Josh, how he, he mentioned... Um, like the theme in 2019 was talking about like the world ending in music. Like it's very explicitly done on Norman Rockwell, like I just mentioned and on a few other albums, but I, in, I, I think artists attacked that idea in different ways. And the way Alex G did it was through very human stories. And I think hope is an example of that. And I think a lot of the other songs are examples of that, but he took an ultra personal approach while other people took more of maybe a macro approach or did it in different ways. But his way of doing it was telling these very human stories that are maybe not always talked about in this way, but are important. Um, and for that reason, I had hope at number three. Really excellent breakdown of that one. Thank you. Um, number two, Frank Ocean, DHL. This song. Like an Uber. Uber. Uh, I've listened to this song so much since it came out. And both these songs, In My Room and DHL, Worked their way into my brain slowly and subtly. I wouldn't say on first listen I was like, oh shit, like these are the best Frank Ocean songs I've ever heard. But what I have done is I've, I've listened to them a lot and I have them on this Frank Ocean singles mm-hmm. playlist that I have. It's all the singles dating back to like Biking and Provider and Chanel. It's one of my favorite things to listen to yeah. in any context. In the car, at work, like no matter what, I'm down to listen to this. And DHL... Is like sneaky. I think one of his better songs. I think it like think so it too. kind of like it's super interesting. It goes through all these different ideas and moods, and it's it's him rapping in the way only Frank can. Um, approval rating for Frank just cannot be higher for me in this moment. Seriously, and and the one worry there is like it's so high you yeah. can almost only be disappointed. 
but it's like he's just like I'm gonna keep upping the ante, upping the ante. I was listening to this in the car today. I love when like towards the back half when he really gets into like the groove of his rap. Yeah. And he's like, tell the truth, bro. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, man, tell the truth. Like, yes, yes, yes Frank. Yeah. Um, I like when he's like, uh, got my BF in the front. Um, we've been, what is it, dating for a month? Yeah. We've been fucking. Got my the, partner in the front, in the been front. my BF for a month, but we've been fucking from the jump. From the jump, 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 jump. jump. Yeah, um, so good. Yeah. Has there ever been more singing by me on a podcast than... This might be the record. I think this might this be the record. This might be the record. You've pulled them off. Uh, yeah. I think Have I? Been pretty good. Because I'm doing them all sort of jokingly. Yeah, no, no. Know? I'm liking okay. them. I'm liking right. it as a, as a flavor to nice. the podcast. Um, th- This song has been big um, and just for me ever since it came out. And I, I, it was one of those ones where like... When I ranked it, I put it at number two, and I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, that's right. That's accurate. I love it. It was just like I didn't expect it to necessarily be that high, but it it is. My number two, I have Wise Blood with movies. Nice. So I had quite the run with Titanic Rising, and specifically the three singles, Movies, Andromeda, and Every Day. Those were really my gateway. Um, These hit me at exactly the right time of the year that I needed them to. Um, I think Movies is the most impressive of those three songs. I think what uh, she is doing from a song structure standpoint is really impressive. And like that string section, that chaotic string section that comes in, reminds me of like Johnny Greenwood yep. strings. Yep. Um, really feels cinematic. And I love this idea of I want to be in my own movie, basically. Yeah. Like recognizing... That those stories are sort of not true and bullshit, but being like, well, this is my version of that. Do you ever get the little fantasy feeling with yourself after you watch a movie that you feel like you're in a movie for a little while? Yeah, I know what you mean. Do you ever get that? Like when you're talking to yes. someone, you kind of feel like you're talking. I can, I can put, I can trick myself into that feeling like whenever I want. I can be like, what if this was a movie right now? Yeah, well, especially right after I see a movie and I'm very in the mindset. Yeah. Um, I feel that way, mm-hmm. and like, like when. But anyways, that that you just reminded me of that feeling. Yeah. So you know, I listened to all three of those singles a fuck ton. I, I give the slight nod to movies. Comes in as my number two track of the year. Really epic, huge song. Mm-hmm. And the production when she's getting into the I love movies yeah. part, really moving, and those yep. swells of synths, mm. beautiful. My number one. Might not surprise you, Sean. I, I actually have to say, so going into your number one, I actually have no idea what it is. And I'm sure it will not be surprising once I've, I hear it. I've hinted already. At what it is going to be. At what it is based off of something. Okay. Well, I don't remember. And so okay. right in this moment, okay. I have no idea what it is. I actually don't know what yours is either. It's going to be really obvious once I say it. It's uh, Sandy Alex G. Gretel. Oh, of course. Yes. That makes perfect sense. It's a song I listened to the most this year. Um, I had a really good moment early on with this song. Listening to it at home, yes, late at night, and I really focused on the kaleidoscopic way that he moves in from um, that sort of like poppy "I don't want to go back" refrain. Yeah. He he is that pitched up version of that at the beginning, right. and it crashes into that really dark, it's almost dissonant sounding guitar yeah. riff that it goes into with those whirring like siren sounds in the back, and then how that moves into. What is my favorite part of the song, which is the It's Calling Me Back, House yes. of Sugar. Oh, that part is That whole amazing. part. And then it goes into the actual proper I Don't Want to Go Back. Yeah. Um, nobody's going to push me off track. amazing. So this has been a year where I've, I've done a lot of thinking about, like, songwriting. Yeah. And, like, how in myself and in people I know and, like, in, in 
how hard it is and how worthwhile a craft it is. And this is a song where I honestly don't know how you approach writing it, but like I realized it is like perfectly constructed as like an mm-hmm. abstract piece of like mm-hmm. art as song. All these pieces he seamlessly and perfectly introduces themes and motifs that will be important later. And it all seems effortless. So effortless. And it just like and then like that riff comes in at the end in like over parts that are mm-hmm. that you're you've it just it, he does such a good job. I guess my whole my larger point is there's more at play on this song than you could possibly like sort of imagine. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting to see him pulling those strings in a way that I think plays out like perfectly and seamlessly. Yeah, I again I was lucky enough to see him and they opened with this song. Um and I was just floored uh watching them perform it. They started with kind of like the I don't want to go back yep. like sample almost yes. and you're like oh I know what's coming yeah. and the lights were dark and then that first big like <laughs> it was so heavy and loud and all the lights like burst I was like just like entranced I was like whoa I can't believe it and it really did give me a different appreciation for this song um, absolutely excellent and I love that that's your your number one. Yeah, it makes I, I just sense. think it's like everything you said feels effortless. Yeah. But you know how much went on behind the scenes to put all this together in a way that, that makes it seem yeah. that way. And for me, that just like it hit me on like maybe listen three. Right. And never went away the entire time. And I'm blown away by this song. What's your number one? My number one, um, a band who I think won the year. It's Big Thief. I have not. Oh. Coming in at number one. I, I think... You could pretty easily say this is their best ever song. Um, Got to see them perform it live. I was pretty blown away by the power and energy that they were able to muster for this song. They're so locked in as a band. You can feel it on the recorded version of it. I mean, they recorded it live. Um, The way Adrian Lanker's vocals are, are just on the verge of kind of like breaking... Uh, on, on that second or third verse, I forget which one it is. And then the way it just goes into that guitar solo outro, it all it's just crackling with energy and it feels like the high watermark and peak of a band that really did, kind of flexed with putting this song and album out after they already were kind of crowned as like putting out one of the best albums of the year with UFOF. They kind of do it again. Yeah. Um, In a different way. You don't see that anymore ever. Uh, I don't think we quite realize how lucky we are to get both of these. And I kind of wanted to put this at number one to indicate what a strong year they had. This could have been any number of songs. I had Cattails earlier. You had UFOF. I also um, had Not at number seven. And you had Not as well. There's a ton of picks that you could have had in a top 50 but not is just a perfect summation of what this band can be. I had to put it as my number one. It's also a great encapsulation of what she can do as a lyricist mm. because this whole song is like a meditation on the word not. Yeah. And she just she flexes and moves words in different rhythms and in different ways of singing, like throughout the song. Like in the verse, she uses not as like a it's in every little line, but then it also is in the chorus. Yeah. But in a whole different way. She kinda like moves the rhythms and cadences around. Yeah. Um it's awesome and it is very powerful. I'm, so I'm glad you picked it. So good. And like I can just kind of always listen to this song and be it feels like an event every time. And you know, that that's something that I think is the case with movies as well. 
not in movies both sort of feel like more than songs. They feel yeah. like events in a way. Yeah. Whereas Hope, my number three, is sort of just like, it's a song. Yeah, like, it's, it's very much, it's like tight. It's like two and a half minutes. These other ones feel like bigger sort of like cinematic statements. Yeah. Um, so yeah, d- different different vibes, definitely. I but... was just thinking about the four artists represented in our top four, which is Wise Blood, Big Thief, Frank Ocean, and Sandy Alex G. Yeah, that's a pretty damn twenty nineteen. Very foursome. Very and like I was it, admiring what it just looks like as a Spotify playlist. My top four: you yes. have Big Thief, Wise Blood, Alex G, Lana Del Rey. Those are some nice looking album covers. Yeah, to have are. as your four preview in the in the playlist. They are. So. Um, we're going to have more 2019 content. Mm-hmm. What next week at some point, we still need to figure out a day. Um, we could pick Tuesday if you want to just, that can probably work for that. me. So we'll no, be, reason, no reason to plan that on the podcast. True. We will be back with albums, um, and a little bit of talk, maybe just about what we thought about the year in music. Yeah. Um, and, and at that point we will have like literally two weeks left in the year that's and right. decade. That's right. Jesus Christ. Which is crazy. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, Well, another year is coming to a close. Another songs podcast in the books. You can check out my top 50 songs of 2019 on Spotify. Um, It's available on there if you just search for it. Um, And yeah, that's it. If I make the time to make a playlist, I'll, I'll inform the listeners in one way or another. Perfect. Wonderful. All right. Cool. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. Now we're on mic. Okay. And we were talking about when we were 15 years old, sophomores in high school, we took... The same English class mm-hmm. together. It was the root of our friendship. Yes. Really. Yes. Because um, we'd known each other for years before. And we're talking about how we had to write a research paper about a book. There was a list of books provided. I Got the Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien, um, which is just a, honestly a contemporary book. We were just talking about how it came out in 1990. Sean, uh, because as he said moments ago before we hooked up the microphones... Um, he did no research, didn't realize what he was getting into, picked The Sound and the Fury by William Faulkner, a notoriously difficult book. Published in 1929. Um, the year Mimi was born. Big shout. Big friend of the pod. Never yes. listened. Uh, so, really, the the novel, and this comes from the Wikipedia article, the novel centers on the Compson family. Ugh. Former Southern aristocrats who are struggling to deal with the disillusion of their family and its reputation. So basically it starts off, um, the first section of the book is from the perspective of this character, Benji Compson, who's an intellectually disabled 33-year-old man. And basically the way it's written is just like stream of conscious, his like chaotic thoughts as this intellectually disabled guy and I was like, what the fuck am I reading? I'm 15. I, I don't understand, like, if if a character who had their wits about them were in and was written this way, I would barely understand that, let alone the ramblings of this character he decides to insert. And that opens the book. That's like the first 60, 80 pages. And I was just like, I, I have no clue what is happening here. I very loosely have been able to glean some things. It was... <laughs> a real 
pain in my ass. You built character, though. I did, and it taught me although, how to, like, although, discern and, and, like, read better. Although, the things they carried is, like, still top. Yeah. It's one of the best books ever. One of my favorite yeah. books I've ever read. It's a formative moment in my life. I was thinking about how with that research paper, I worked, like, pretty hard on it. I still only got a B. Dude, I stayed up all night the night before. I think we kind of all did, yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, a thing. Well, remember, we had to write, like, half of it. Yeah. And then she gave us notes. Yes. And then we, we had like three drafts yeah. for that thing. And I remember the first time my like my thesis said like stories both true and false. And I got back, she was like, use a bigger word. And I was like, that's a dumb note. That's like, not a good note. No, and I, or not bigger, but use like a better, more interesting phrasing. Yeah. And I didn't again. And on another draft, she wrote the same thing. So I changed false to apocryphal. I just literally thesaurus.com <laughs> false. And, and through an apocryphal, and she was like, great. Wow. I, honestly, I, I think back on that, and I'm like, because we loved Miss Sears. Yeah. Big shout, big yeah. friend of the pod. Yeah. Don't know if where she is or no. if she knows we're alive. No. Um, now. But I, I, that seems like a flawed... I think the way you should write that is true and false. That's. I agree. I think simplicity is better. Do you think that was one last holdover from like a more flowery yeah, way man. of teaching kids to write that didn't quite catch up or account for like the digital revolution that was about to happen. She's like, I, I'm going to turn Jake is a, a Hemingway in the making. I'm going to turn him yeah. into a Hawthorne. Seriously. Or I'm going to turn him into a, uh, um, a Melville. Yeah. Like uh, I think there's that something hard to read to that. Sorry, I, you were, I, I cut you off. You were talking about how it, about Sound of the Fury. Um, yeah, it was a very difficult book to read. It did teach me. I thought I always had good reading comprehension. That really put it to the test at 15. I have one distinct memory. It was over Easter break, and I remember we were... Um, I, I really had to catch up on reading. And I went out to my grandparents' house for Easter. And I remember, I think... There was NCAA basketball on when Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook were playing for UCLA. That sounds right. I think. Yeah. So and I Maurice think, Fickle. Yeah, I think that's correct. But I only got to be on that as well. Stayed up all night the night before. Really procrastinated and put it off. What a surprise. I distinctly remember drinking like a two liter of, of Coke like late at night. I was like, ooh, I'm getting a little... Like buzz here, like caffeine, sugar high. Did you stay up all? You said you stayed up. Uh, all not night? all night, but I said I was up late. I was I, up till like two or three. I the, think. the the furthest I ever pushed that is I I believe senior year, my final like research paper for English, I put off until like I think I started writing it at like eight p.m. the night before mm, it was due, Jesus. or something like that, and I ended up finishing it at like I could be conflating memories. Because I know that this happened with another kid in the class. I definitely finished it like at like 2, 3 a.m. or something. Wow. And I remember another dude in the class say he was, literally didn't sleep. <laughs> well, dude, hearing about all that is so stressful. Dude, okay. So it, honestly, in college, I adopted a policy of not procrastinating yeah. anymore. I mean, I still did some. Right. But I would not – I would do – more shit in advance and like especially with my master's stuff yeah. i would just do it all during the week so i yeah. didn't have to do it on the weekend but i procrastinating filled me with dread oh, yeah. and anxiety. it's not worth it and your life's not great while you're not doing uh -uh. your work. no no because it's just still stressing you out dude ah, man 
college paper i mean high school papers were hard they were harder than college in my opinion i remember uh i wrote a thing senior year for world lit about frame narratives yeah yeah there's a whole research paper about frame narratives and i was like i don't it's not like i have like a college database to right. look for stuff i went to the manchester public Jeez. library and checked out some books about like that included stuff about frame narratives Writing research papers, you're you're pissing in the wind and you're yes. you're fucking shooting in the dark. Yes, you don't because I would just look for anything that had a quote yes. about the thing I was researching. Yes. Didn't matter how it applied to my thesis. Yeah, I think that was a flawed way in which we approached it. And to be quite honest, I didn't quite understand what the quotes were supposed to be doing. Really, I didn't. I was like, oh, we just need quotes. Like, you need a quote per paragraph or whatever it was. Or, like, whatever the minimum was. So would you just throw them in without introducing them and explaining them? No, no. I, I, I didn't do it the way I would have done it now. Right. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. In a way that, like, gives them context. Correct. Explains Correct. Them. Yeah. Um, some other pre-show items I want to hit on quickly, Jake. I have one thing, too. Okay. After you. Uh, R.I.P. Juice World. Right. R.I.P. Juice World. Um, I haven't listened to your playlist yet. I will. Usually this would be uh, for the, the show. This would be a news item, but we have a special songs uh, best of coming. So I didn't listen to a ton of Juice World. I listened to enough, though, to get a sense. He had one of the best moments on Astro World with he's on he's the hook on No Bystanders. And it's the the party never ends. And I'm up now I'm trying to get revenge. You'll be all out of love in the end. Spent 10 hours on this flight, man. And then it goes into the Travis Ooh, part. Prescient stuff. So, um, exactly. So that was my first experience with Juice World. And then I was like, hey, this guy sounds interesting. Of course, heard Lucid Dreams. He put out that record, I think, earlier this year that had a couple good songs. So I did put together a quick little playlist called R.I.P. Juice World. It's got like a handful of songs I like by him or like features. Honestly, all of them are incredibly catchy. Yep. I will say that song Legends has a line where it's like, what's the 27 club? We not making it past 21. And it's basically right. all about how like legends die in the making. And like from all the drugs I was taking and the drugs, they was lacing. It's like, dude, this is like so on the nose. Also prescient. And yeah. What happened? <laughs> Seriously. Which is dude, the, <laughs> Okay, I don't want to make light of this because it's incredibly sad. It's very sad, yeah. When I read the next day that the police were waiting for him to search his private jet for drugs and they found 70 pounds of marijuana on board. It's like, dude, what What are you doing? And it's like, on top of that... What a way I, to die, though. Imagine yeah. you, the way you go out is you're 21 years old in a private jet as the police search it for drugs. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, that's crazy. Live fast, die young. That's the definition. It really is. It's, so, man, it is tragic, though. I mean, because it seems like he was having an impact and he was making, you know, people were noticing him. Yeah, man. And I have to say, like, a lot of people the next day were kind of like, damn, like, Juice World died. Like, I was talking to some people at work. And uh, granted, they were a little younger, but they were like, that's crazy. Like, I can't believe that. That's like... It, like, was hitting people hard, yep. and I had a, a short conversation coming out of that that was basically, like, the glorification of this drug culture in a lot of these rap songs, especially, like, trap and, like, kind of the pop rap that's really popular right now. 
I think it's kind of dangerous, especially like the Xanax culture and like mm-hmm. the Percocet culture, like that. And like lean, and like these that are, shit's dangerous. You shouldn't be doing that. These are yeah, these are potent, potent yeah mixtures and and drugs. Yeah, like seventy pounds of marijuana. That's excessive as well. But like on top of that, he had like a dozen bottles of codeine cough syrup, and he's always like, "What are you doing, man?" No, it's codeine. I'm not actually. I'm not privy to this. Is it, is it illegal to have? No. It? So you cough syrup, you can just go buy, but like you're only supposed to take. A small uh, dose every four hours or whatever, it fucks you up if I, you like are just like they like pour a whole thing into a cup and mix it with soda and just like drink it and it fucks you up. That, it's like I believe that. liquid, like painkiller, sort like, of. That's like when kids in high school would, would do like robo trip. That's exactly what that's tussing. like what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's always that shit's a little scary to me. It's uh, it's yeah, fucked very, up. Very very similar. So very very sad. But I mean, we've seen that with like what Lil Peep and yep, like uh, others as well. Like this is a trend. So I I don't know. Like yeah, it's wild, man. It, 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 it's sad. It's so, yeah. It, it's like we talked about uh, last week or two weeks ago on the uh, best of the decade podcast we did. Um, it's a hazy time to be alive. It is, and and it is. Dr- drugs are just more and more mainstreamed, and yeah. like, you know, that's good and that's bad. It yep. depends on your perspective. I think it's like sort of net good, but also like, you can, it can get out of hand fast if people yes. don't have an education about I, how bad. I, it I can think get. the danger with the normalization and popularization of drugs ends up being that because they're legal and allowed, that means you can abuse them. Um, that I think is the danger and, and that's what I mean I don't want to be like the older guy who's like you know these rap songs today but when you're hearing like every rapper glorify this life of excess and drug use and you're like well they're rich and famous and successful what I can do that too it's like well no because look at the consequences yeah well and that's true of i mean i was thinking about like janice joplin Jimi hendrix i was thinking this the other day i was like this is our generation's version of those people it's these trap rappers you know even younger too yeah yeah exactly well i bet we got okay boomered by a bunch of people oh i'm sure sure. i I loved i really enjoyed juice world's music oh yeah so check that playlist out you'll you'll find some stuff you like i know it's all very catchy did you have something else um just well, yeah, quickly, I just wanted to hit on the Pitchfork 2019 best of list, their songs and their albums one. Right. Um, oh, I forget what they picked for number one for the songs. They had Cellophane. Oh, right, right, right. Which okay. I think was a great pick. And they had Norman fucking Rockwell at number one. Right. For albums. I, I have to say. Oh, I didn't see the albums list oh, yet. Oh, yeah. I think both these lists were representative of the year and we're actually pretty good i am always critical of the pitchfork list at the end of the year i have to say i was like yeah this is these are spot on like i was happy with it i'm gonna quickly pull up the top and i was actually able to find a couple albums on them that i didn't hear yet that i checked out today and was like wow those are really good like this one by dababy this rapper from chicago called dababy like that was excellent it was a tight like 31 minutes well then i listened to this other one um 100 gex 1000 gex or something like that it's like this meme music almost it like i don't even know how to describe it but that was only like 20 minutes so i was like yeah these are cool damn dude look at the ranking for helado negro i know yeah i'm looking at this list for the first time now 
I think it's really it's telling and and awesome that the top one, two, three, four, five. I'm not sure about Bad Bunny, but the top five are all female or female-led artists. Yeah, yeah, which is sweet. I know that's awesome, and that was a big trend I think on their songs list as well. So, so. I saw a tweet um, that was like it was basically saying it was about Big Thief, who I saw was I think number three on this list yeah. or four, and it was like Big Thief exists to be on every bro's list as the one female representative. <laughs> and I took a, a, a specific uh, sort of affront to that. Yeah. I was a little offended by that because I was like, I like Big Thief. Yeah. And I talk about them and I, 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 I'm I, like, I'm feeling like maybe targeted by this tweet. So I looked through my list of, of songs I was about to, um, that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And of the 50, I think 24 were women. I, you know, it's interesting. I'm always very conscious of that. Yeah. I was like, how, how representative is my list? Or 24 were songs by women. Some were the same artist, but. I was like, all right. Usually my lists in the past have been filled with like white rockers. I was like, how much rap or female led artists are represented here? And it was like, I think it was like 40 out of 50 or something. We're female. We're like female or a minority or, of or, some kind. Okay, yeah. Which is like, oh, big pat on the back to me. But no, I'm no, just okay. saying, like, this year in particular, I feel like that was just the best music this year. Though. Well, and, it, and it's I think the pat on the back thing is accepted as like, because yeah. it's like, there's no way for us to talk about it. Right. Without sounding right. like fucking douchebags. Exactly. I had that same thought. I was like, is it wrong for me to even look through the list for this? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, no, I, I'm interested. I'm just curious because... It has had a. I think part of it is like I didn't think about it until that moment. Yeah, I wasn't like actively all year trying to be like, no. ooh, gotta like pump up the amount of female right. artists I listen to. Um, it just sort of happened naturally over the course of the last five years. Um, and in 2015, it would. I'm sure the stats were skewed way the other oh, way. Oh, for sure. It's about half and half, female and male this year. That's in terms very of just interesting. Like songs. That's very very interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure it'll be the same on albums as yeah. well. Um. So yeah, that's really cool. I did have a music question for you, Jake, but we can wrap with that after you. Do you have something? I have one quick thing. Okay. You want me to go? Yeah, go for it. I was going to say that um, I took some time off around Christmas. I know you did as yes. well. I don't know if you do the thing I do where in my head, I'm going to finish everything I want to do in the entire world yes. during that week. Me too. In my head, I'm like, I'm going to catch up on every show I want to me watch. Me too. I'm going to, like, write some songs, man. I'm going to read these books I've been trying to read. I'm going to hang out with my friends. And it's like, in reality, I'm going to do virtually none of that shit. Dude, I've been thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. In my brain, I'm going to have all of the time in the world. I'm going to watch every, yeah, like every TV show I need to catch up on, every movie, books, friends, all those things. I'm right there with you. The reality is... um. I'm actually going to have to like do more family stuff than I expect. Yep. I'm probably going to sleep late a couple of the days and like only get around to like finishing one TV show. Yeah. And I'm, like that's it. I ideally would like to finish what I'm reading now and yeah. like start another book. Me too. And finish Succession season yeah. 2, start Watchmen. Yeah. I'd like to see a couple movies. Yep. I have a number of things I want to do. I know I won't get to all of it, and I'm preparing myself to be disappointed two days before vacation ends when I have my existential freakout. I'm like, well, it's all right. Just, like, enjoy yourself. I know. Um, it begs the question, like, what is enjoyment for me at this point? Is it getting through shit? Or is it, like, actually experiencing it and enjoying it? I got to say, I like kind of checking things off my list as much as I actually like doing the thing. Isn't that fucked up? I, yes. I feel sort of similar. Where when I'm reading a book, 
my mentality usually is not how much I'm enjoying it in the yeah. moment. It's like when can I finish? It's like I want to finish and I want to be able to say I finished. Yeah. Couldn't and I want to just know I finished. Couldn't agree more. I still enjoy it, but it's in a different way. It's like I can't wait to look back on this moment when Me I'm done. Me too. I got to get out of that mindset with books. That's dangerous. It's dangerous as everything. I yeah. was thinking about it with Succession the other day. We're two yeah. episodes into season two, and I was like, can't wait to like move on to Watchmen. Yeah, no. See, that's – yeah. that that, that, that really saps want to. your enjoyment. I really Do them want at the to. same time. Go parallel. It's Have not, a few shows going. It's not going to go great. Yeah. I, Oh, oh! You had the the movies thing. You yeah. To talk so about. to to wrap up pre show, I just want to ask, what is the best movie you saw this year that didn't come out in 2019 that you had never seen before, and then what is the best movie you saw this year that did come out in 2019? I have both my answers. You're gonna ready have to, to go. start. You're gonna have to right. start. Best movie I saw that didn't come out in 2019. There was a lot of options I could have gone with. I have to go with Apocalypse Now. Hell yeah, dude. That has become like right up there with Goodfellas as my favorite movie I've ever seen. Right. I immediately watched it again like two days after. Mm -hmm. um, that was like a really exciting and fun moment movie-wise. I could have also gone with, of course, Jake. Um Travis Scott, Look Mom, I Can Fly. Oh, the dude. documentary on Netflix. That, that's sort of a 1A, 1B situation. Yeah, that's what I'm really. saying. Um, In fairness to Travis Scott. <laughs> no, fuck that. That was a terrible documentary. An auteur. The, you know what's interesting? Speaking of Juice World, the best moment in that doc was when Travis was like chopping and screwing together no bystanders. Mm. Like, just... Honestly, I'll try and find it on YouTube and send it to you. It's really cool. It's like him hitting on that hook and, you and said, like and editing you, it the right way. And he like freaks out. And you said that they don't do enough of that. No, that right? was like the one thing you got of it. The rest, what? And they also showed when they initially got Drake's sicko mode verse. And they were like, oh, he did it. He did it. Like he said it. Um, other than that, it sucked. And so, <laughs> like when they when he delivers that part, no, uh, yeah, when yes, he sends when them the he file. like sent it in like a, I think like a voice memo or something, and they listened to it, and I think they sort of knew there was like Kanye Kim like smoke in there, oh. and I think they were like, oh, like he went there, like That's I think crazy. they sort of knew. Um, and then the one you saw this year, so the one I saw this year, you know. I haven't seen a couple great ones yet, like Uncut Gems, Waves. I haven't seen Uncut uh, Gems. Marriage yet. Story. Like I haven't seen those yet. There's a whole host of movies that I plan to see this month that like could take over the one spot. But you know what? I think I'm just gonna go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. I really think I am. I could have gone with you know I really did like The Irishman. I, I really did like Vice. Ah, eh, that came out last year technically, but I mm -hmm. saw it this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Once Upon a Time. So for me, for the the movies that didn't come out this year, I have a a murderous row. So I could pick from Sean Apocalypse Now, The Godfather, <sighs> and The Godfather Part Two, which is really hard. I think honestly, Jeez. and that's all Coppola. Yeah. I think I'm gonna pick Apocalypse Now as well, Hell just yeah. in terms of like my own personal yeah. enjoyment for all the reasons you said. Yep. Um, ended up rewatching a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um, that movie has such a vibe to it and such a like. It captures so much about the psychedelia mm -hmm. of the age and, and mixed in with the absurdity of war and violence mm. and like pitting human beings against each other in sides, which is all a construct. Yeah. 
Crazy, yeah. crazy, so fucking good. I, you know, genius I, shit. We we did have a very strong, like going back movies year. Yes, I I could have yes. picked so many good ones. Other like I saw for the first time this year stuff like the Royal Tenenbaums and Ex Machina and Burning and um, you saw Annie Good Hall. Time, Annie Hall. So yeah, like there there was a office space, Birdman. I saw these for the first time this year. Dude, there's so many there, there there's those are all great. I haven't seen every one of those. I really want to see Annie Hall. So, oh, you would love it. So, in terms of best movie I've seen this year, yeah. several candidates emerged in the last Recently. few weeks when I saw the following. Uh Jojo Rabbit, which was not going to be the pick, but I really liked yep. it a lot. Waves, which is up there, could be it. Marriage Story, which could be it. Mm. I, I think also really good. I have some nits to pick with that movie, but I it okay. really good. Just because of how much I had going into it in terms of expectation. Marriage Story? Yeah. Okay. Still really good. Um, another one that I could have considered uh, would be Booksmart, which I saw earlier this yeah. year. Which was like more of a comedy, a little lighter. The one I think I'm going to pick, though, Sean, is Honey Boy. Really? Wow. I got to see this. I, I, didn't, I didn't see This is why I hesitated about taking it, is that I worry now that you'll see it and I'll have overblown it in some way. It's not, it's an hour and a half. Yeah. It's not The Godfather Part Two. It's of not, course. It's not a magnum opus. Right. It's not some amazing, it's not some like huge statement of a film. It's a small character driven film uh, about Shia LaBeouf and he wrote it about his own life mm. and in it, he it, he plays a fictionalized version of his own father. Basically, just like names are changed. Yeah. And he's fucking awesome in it. Wow. And I've watched some interviews about like basically the story that got him there. And he got to a point. He was like arrested for terrorizing a police officer. Jesus. Was like really, I think, in a bad headspace. And through therapy, he... Um, worked out like what were some of the things that were fucking him up wow. and the relationship with his dad was one um and so he wrote this as therapy literally as therapy Jesus. and when it came time to cast the dad he just ultimately like took it on that's amazing and dude like i so i've had a, it's it's interesting that this came out now because with disney plus out plus mary kate has been rewatching even stevens oh, which is like her right. favorite show from yeah. when she was a kid i never watched it yeah i did but i've been watching it with her and the thing that I've been noting is, like, I kind of expected to hate it. Because I've always had, like, this kind of, like, love-hate relationship with Shia LaBeouf. Mostly, like, disliking. Mm -hmm. I've always been like, I have something about him I don't like. I just feel like he's, like, mm -hmm. this just this child actor kind of... I just never thought much of him. Mm -hmm. The truth is, he's, like, really talented. Yeah, he is. He's, like, a very talented actor. And, like, in watching even Stevens with literally fresh eyes, having never watched it as a kid... He's super talented as a kid. Yeah. He clearly like was had a gift. He, he was, he's really good at playing that character. Yes, he was always great on that show. And I think it took me until I saw him in his role in that movie Nymphomaniac. Oh, I never saw that. Where I was he's like, in Fury too. I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. And I was just like, oh shit. Like he's doing different stuff. And like I've heard great things about Honey Boy. Is this gonna be an Oscar? contender for either film or best actor do you I, think? I get the sense it is wow. because when I was looking for interviews of him I think is it Variety or, or one of those like Vanity Fair yeah. one of those like Hollywood type of uh, magazines yeah. they put out this video on YouTube I think they do it every year and in it it had Adam Driver Robert De Niro Adam Sandler yep. um, Shia LaBeouf Tom Hanks and I might be forgetting someone else Man. sitting in a round table Whoa. 
and this dude just like throwing questions out there to each of them shit. and i love shit like that and it was cool to see him in that mix and i assume they picked him because there's buzz about they're kind of calling the getting, shot there this might be an all-time collection of best actor nominees if it goes that way so you imagine crazy crazy imagine adam sandler and shia labeouf and dude both i haven't seen uncut gems i'm very excited to see it yeah um comes out this weekend it seems like both performances are supposed to be great and honestly dude like he he really blew me away in this role and it makes sense that he would uh, you know have a place to play it from and, and inspiration it's his own dad and stuff but like um yeah i don't know i don't want to oversell it um but it it spoke to me in a lot of ways and like was his relationship with his dad was very irregular mm. and very odd. Mm-hmm. And like, he was just like this. I don't want to sell it. Say too yeah, much. I, I, say too I much. need to go see it. You that sounds see awesome. It. He's, it, it, it kind of like won me over for that dude. Yeah. For Shia LaBeouf in general as wow. like an actor for someone from, for, for, and it's had me like really interested in him in this last week. Isn't FKA Twigs in that too? Dude, she is. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty good in it. She doesn't have like a major speaking role, but she plays an emotionally impactful part of, of the movie. Cool. Yeah. Very, very Worth interesting. Seeing. Nice. Uh, okay, great. Well, I think we can dive in, Jake. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here we go. Three, <clears throat> two, one. 